What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the state of the franchise for the San Francisco 49ers, the New England Patriots, and the New York Jets. Now, if this is your first time tuning in to the JT Sports Podcast, welcome. I appreciate you for listening in. Make sure that you follow me on all of my social media platforms. My Instagram is JT Sports underscore. My Twitter is JT Sports underscore underscore. Make sure to go ahead and follow me on those so you can stay up to date with everything that's going on with the channel as well as bonus content lastly make sure that you are subscribed to my youtube channel if you haven't already which is jt sports state of the franchise for the new england patriots now new england went 10 and 7 they lost in the wild card round to the buffalo bills but this overall was in my opinion a pretty successful season for the patriots and when you look at bill belichick you know like bill belichick kind of went into the past season with a little bit to prove you know like we all consider Bill Belichick to be the greatest head coach in NFL history but some people out there were kind of doubting you know Bill Belichick's ability to still be able to coach a team and get a team to the playoffs without Tom Brady so they bring in Mac Jones and I don't really know how many people expected to see Mac Jones play year one as a rookie. Now, I wasn't that surprised, but you know, it did catch me a little bit off guard because Bill Belichick is a coach who doesn't really like to start a lot of rookies. He tends to favor his veteran players. So the fact that Mac Jones won the starting job kind of was an indicator that, hey, this guy probably was going to have a really good rookie season. If you guys have been following the podcast all the way back to last year, I was clamoring at the fence that Mac Jones was going to have the best career and the best rookie season out of all the quarterbacks coming out in his respective draft class. And you know, that came to fruition. He had a better rookie season than pretty much everybody who he was drafted in the same round as. And on top of that, he made it to the Pro Bowl as a rookie. And the Patriots, honestly, you know, like even if they improve the wide receiver position, because there are some people out there like my guy Juice Alert who thinks that the Patriots need to bring in some more dynamic wide receivers to improve the pass attack which I can definitely understand when you have a dominant wide receiver on the outside it definitely can help in the development of a young quarterback you saw what happened to Josh Allen's career when the Buffalo Bills traded for Stephon Diggs like it completely took Josh Allen to another level or at least the trade for Stephon Diggs helped Josh Allen take his game to another level and it's always good to have a reliable option in a passing game for any quarterback rather you're a rookie or a veteran you know everybody wants to have a go-to number one wide receiver and you kind of have to wonder if the Patriots are going to try to find that guy this offseason Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers are definitely nice wide receivers don't get me wrong but they're not the number one wide receiver that the Patriots 
Patriots need right now. They need a true number one. If Nelson Aguilar is your number one option in the passing game, then you kind of have some issues, okay? Now, I understand that the wide receiver position doesn't run the whole entire offense. They also utilize their tight ends, John Lou Smith, Hunter Henry. I understand that, but there's nothing like having a good dominant option on the outside at wide receiver, and that's something that, you know, I think the Patriots should look into if they're going to try to elevate into becoming Super Bowl contenders for next season. On top of that, Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator that Mac Jones had during his rookie season. He's gone. He's going to be the head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. Who's going to be the next offensive coordinator in New England? The rumors are is down to Bill O'Brien and Adam Gase. Now, Bill O'Brien spent time on Alabama staff with Nick Saban. As a matter of fact, he was their offensive coordinator for this past college football season. And you know, like, his play calling was met with a lot of criticism at times, but from watching Bill O'Brien, I don't really think the play calling was that bad. I think it was pretty. It had his moments, you know, but when you look at when you have a young quarterback and Mac Jones, stability is really key. Like for a young quarterback to really develop, you got to have stability on the coaching staff. And with Josh McDaniels, upping and leaving, becoming the head man for the Raiders, you got to kind of wonder how bringing a new offensive coordinator is going to affect Mac Jones' development and how is the new offensive coordinator going to best build his play calling around Mac Jones' strengths. On top of that, the Patriots need to get younger on defense because there's no reason why guys like Dante Howard and Jamie Collins should still be playing for New England. Like, the, like Bill Belichick is somebody who likes to hold on to veteran players until there ain't no more juice left in them. And it's kind of like... You know, like that one person who always collects everything. They never really throw nothing away. Everything they come across is a collection. Like, they hold on to it longer than what they should. And for Bill Belichick, he has a tendency to hang on to players for a very, very long time. Like, come on, Bill Belichick, man. Like, get a little bit younger when it comes to the linebacker position. That definitely was probably one of the biggest Achilles heels that the New England Patriots had on defense. And... While we're on this subject of defense, is Bill Belichick really going to allow J.C. Jackson to walk away for nothing and become a free agent? Now, we know how Bill Belichick and the Patriots are when it comes to contract negotiations. You know, they're pretty firm. They don't often break the bank too often. But you look at how J.C. Jackson performed. He definitely played at a really high level. And he's going to demand a pretty hefty salary. As a matter of fact, if you're New England, you know, like, are you willing to pay J.C. Jackson the kind of money that he's asking for? Because having a good cornerback is really essential to having a good Bill Belichick caliber defense because Bill Belichick's defenses have always been predicated mostly on good play in the secondary and the secondary being able to match up with your wide receivers and blanket those guys and you know create coverage sacks so if the Patriots are willing to let JC Jackson walk are they going to bring in you know maybe some you know 
cornerbacks that maybe maybe a tier below JC Jackson or are they going to opt to draft a corner in the upcoming 2022 NFL draft like it's really weird how Bill Belichick really has a knack for letting his best players walk away and sometimes you know he's right when it comes to letting certain players walk away certain players leave New England and we don't really hear nothing from them again some players leave New England and still become even bigger stars than what they were there before they you know left New England so I'm looking at the Patriots and right now you have seven million dollars and some change in cap space so you know like not really a lot of cap space to have the kind of free agency that you had last year however you know like if you can rework a couple of deals you know make a couple of trades and free up a little bit more cash space that could be enough to go out there and get you you know that playmaking wide receiver that you kind of need on the outside or another cornerback who potentially could replace JC Jackson if you opt to let him walk away in free agency but you guys let me know the state of the franchise for the New England Patriots down in the comment section down below if you are watching this on YouTube. The next team that we got to talk about, we got to talk about the state of the franchise for the New York Jets. Now, the New York Jets went 4-13 this past season and their first season under head coach Robert Sala and... Their season pretty much went how I thought it would go. You know, they had a upset win against the Tennessee Titans. You know, they had some pretty close games. They were pretty competitive. They also had some games where they weren't really all that competitive. However, you know, the defense definitely took a major step in the right direction. The Jets defense was definitely way better this past season than what it was the year previously under former head coach Adam Gase. And with the New York Jets, a team that didn't really have a lot of talent going into this past season, you know, like, I feel like they kind of played a little bit better than, you know, what somebody who may be assessing a team like New York Jets on paper may think. You may look at a team like New York Jets and be like, okay, this team stinks, but in certain games, you know, like, this team was able to hang around. Now, moving forward... The future of Robert Sala and the Jets franchise for at least the next three years is going to rely heavily on the development of quarterback Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson's rookie season was pretty underwhelming to say the least. However, he did play really well coming off that injury during the last months of the regular season. He had a pretty good stretch in December and... Like, the regular season for Zach Wilson to end was pretty solid. You know, not the greatest, but pretty solid. And there are a lot of optimistic Jets fans when it comes to Zach Wilson and his potential. So, I was actually talking to a Jets fan um, in the cafeteria at my university. And you don't really see a lot of Jets fans where I reside at in the state of Florida. You normally see a lot of Dolphins fans, Falcons fans. You don't really see a lot of Jets fans. So he was talking about 
to his friends and his buddies about how the Jets are going to be the most improved team going into the 2022 NFL season. You know, they have tons of cap space. They're going to be able to improve the offensive line. They're going to add some more talent at wide receiver and on defense. And, you know, I understand why and the Jets definitely probably are going to do that. You know, they pretty much still need help at almost every position wide receiver Jamison Crowder and Cole are both pending free agents so they're going to hit the free agency market if the Jets don't re-sign them so you're going to have to improve the wide receiver position with those guys currently up in the air if they're going to be re-signed or not you also could improve at right guard right tackle tight end you also need a pass rusher which is something that the Jets are probably going to put a high value on trying to get this offseason you could get one via free agency or you can go the way of drafting one in the upcoming NFL draft which I think that you know there are a lot of great pass rushers that are going to be available when it's the Jets turn to pick then you got to get some corners and a strong safety because we don't know what's going to happen with Marcus May. And speaking of Marcus May, you know, like, what's his future with the Jets? Because him and the Jets, there, there's been a little bit of a disconnect when it comes to contract negotiations. Like, they just, for some reason, can't get on the same page. And if you are a Jets fan, you know, like, you probably are coming with the assumption that, you know, Marcus May most likely may be out the door. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I think that this is a strong, strong indicator that Marcus May might not return in a Jets uniform for next season. Then, what about Broxton Berrios? Because Broxton Berrios had a really good season. You know, he kind of was a spark plug at times for the Jets. Are they going to resign him? Are they going to get him a new deal coming off the season that he had? So moving forward for the Jets, you know, like there is a lot of optimism. However, I do think that there is room for a lot of skepticism because we still don't really know just how good Zach Wilson is. You get what I'm saying? Like his rookie season wasn't that good. And that's pretty much how... The majority of quarterbacks who were drafted in the first round, how their rookie season went. You know, like there were guys like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, who also had pretty disappointing rookie seasons. And then for Mike LaFleur, you know, like going into year two, how is he going to improve going into his second year as OC with Zach Wilson? Because like when you have a new officer coordinator working with a young quarterback. You know, you always want to look for the growth, not just from, you know, the quarterback, but also from the offensive coordinator, the guy calling the plays. You want to look for, you know, like how has he better utilized Zach Wilson's strengths going into next season compared to how he utilized Zach Wilson's strengths last season. You get what I'm saying? Like there were times when, you know, the play calling wasn't the best, but however, Zach Wilson wasn't playing his best ball neither. And you know, like the Jets drafted Zach Wilson to be the guy to help them get their franchise back to, you know, winning ways of when they have Broadway, Joe Namath and whatnot. If they're going to get back to that, you know, 
Mike LaFleur is going to be responsible for how successful Zach Wilson is going to be next season. Because now I don't think that the Jets are just not going to do anything and they're not going to address the needs that they need to address offensively. So I think the offense, at least from a personnel standpoint, the talent is going to be there. So really... It's just going to come down to can the play calling be there and can the execution be there, not only for Mike LaFleur, but for Zach Wilson as well. And defensively, this unit was pretty solid at times. You know, like they had their moments when they were not all that great, but that was when they were going against better opponents. But when they were going against teams that were like middle of the pack or below average around the same tier that the Jets were, you know, like this defense did pretty good. So Robert Sala going into his second season, when he's finally able to get the kind of players that he wants for the kind of style of defense that he wants to play like the Jets defense don't be surprised if they end up having a top five or top 10 defense for the 2022 NFL season because this Jets defense played very, very well considering, you know, the fact that they didn't really have good corners. They didn't really have a great pass rush neither. So now with those positions getting taken care of and hopefully improved, you know, Robert Sala's defense could be very dangerous next season. So overall, you look at the state of the New York Jets franchise, you know, like, I'm not going to say like, I'm totally optimistic. You get what I'm saying? Like I'm 50, 50, you know, I have a lot of optimism, but I also have my fair share of reservations because you look at the AFC East, you got New England, you got Buffalo, like Buffalo is a premier Super Bowl contender. Are the Jets going to be able to get up to the level of Buffalo? Are they even going to be able to get up to the level of New England? And also Miami, you know, Miami was also a pretty good football team last season. They almost came close to getting into the postseason. So that division is really tight right now in terms of, you know, know where the Jets are compared to a team like the Miami Dolphins you get what I'm saying like the Jets still are playing catch up when it comes to getting on the same level as the other three teams in the NFC or in the AFC East excuse me so the Jets I think that this franchise right now, I'm going to take a wait and see approach. I still need to see some more improvements at the various positions that I mentioned. But on top of that, I got to see it on the field. So don't really know what to think about the Jets right now. Because, you know, Zach Wilson didn't really give me anything to be uh, hella confident in going into next season. So I just have to see what the Jets do during this offseason. Look at the state of the franchise for the San Francisco 49ers. You know, like, I'm really interested in seeing, you know, how next season plays out for San Francisco. Because this season, or this past season, they went 10-7, and they made it to the playoffs, and they made it all the way to the conference championship game, where they were defeated by the eventual Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. And the 49ers were one of those teams that, you know, like, I don't want to say they crept out of nowhere, but they got really hot late in the season. And they carried that momentum all the way throughout the playoffs. And that's why they kind of, you know, exceeded 
many people's expectations because the 49ers, you know, most people looked at them as a wild card team. You know, they were going to get into the playoffs. They were going to win nine, 10 games, but it was hard to really see them doing much after that because of the limitations that they had at quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo. However, you know, their first couple of playoff matchups, they didn't really need to throw the football all that much. As a matter of fact, they won in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. And then they get to the conference championship game. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo played a pretty good game. It's just that the Rams just played a better overall game and he made more plays when the game was on the line in the fourth quarter. So now with the rumors out there that the 49ers are actively shopping Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, like, a lot of people are excited for Trey Lance, myself included, because the 49ers traded up a lot to get Trey Lance. And the NFL, a couple of days after the Super Bowl on their Instagram page, they made a post. It basically had all 32 NFL teams, and it said, we know it's early, but who is your early Super Bowl matchup? And many people, you know, for the AFC had the Bills, the Chiefs, you know, before the NFC, many people had the 49ers, the Rams, or the Cowboys. And I was kind of surprised because I thought I was the only person who had the 49ers kind of tapped in as my way too early Super Bowl prediction. And that's not my official. I don't want anybody, you know, trying to make it seem like I'm picking San Francisco to win it all because I'm not. We still got a whole offseason to go. But in terms of right now, you know, like I'm pretty high on the 49ers. And I'm kind of wondering if... Trey Lance next season, if he starts, could be what Patrick Mahomes was for the Chiefs in 2018. Because you remember when Kansas City kind of had a similar situation. They traded off for Patrick Mahomes. He sat a year. Then they traded Alex Smith. And then Patrick Mahomes went off his first season as the starting quarterback for Kansas City. You wonder if Trey Lance can do that because he has a lot of clips from him in practice making all kinds of crazy throws. And, of course, people are going to, you know, try to down the plays that he made for practice saying, oh, it's just practice. Is he going to be able to do it in the, world, in the real game and whatnot? So there's a lot of excitement for Trey Lance. However, what if the 49ers can't trade Jimmy Garoppolo? Because, like, I don't really think that any team is going to be jumping out the bit to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. As a matter of fact, if you have to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, it kind of means that your quarterback situation is kind of in a bad spot. And Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of like emergency quarterback, just so you can have, you know, some stability at the position going into the regular season. So trading for Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of like emergency move where you desperately need to have a starting quarterback. Rather, your starter guy in injured or you know maybe you didn't really assess the quarterback position the way that you should have you know in the early stages of the offseason and you weren't able to get your hands on one so you look at Jimmy Garoppolo there's a very good chance that maybe he does return to San Francisco and if he does remain in San Francisco you know it's like they're going to be a quarterback battle again between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to play bad enough to get benched 
And on top of that, the 49ers are going to win games just because they're a good team and they are capable of being able to win despite not having great quarterback play. So with Trey Lance coming in, you're looking for him to get you to that next level. You're looking for Trey Lance to get you to the Super Bowl pretty much and to get you a Lombardi trophy. And also, Mike McDaniels. OC for San Francisco took the head coaching job in Miami. And I don't really know what role Mike McDaniels had in the offense. Because, like, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Shanahan calls the play. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe Kyle Shanahan was calling the play. So I don't really know what Mike McDaniels' role was when it came to the offense. Was he involved in the game planning, the adjustments? Like, you know, like, what was his role on Kyle Shanahan's staff? And then defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryan. Like, 49ers fans, enjoy D'Amico Ryan's while you have him for at least one more season. Because it looks like you may once again be losing another good defensive coordinator because D'Amico Ryan's defense was a large reason for why the 49ers had the kind of success they had late in the season and in the playoffs. Like, this defense played phenomenal. However, cornerback has to be addressed. Like, it has to be addressed. Like, the 49ers have to make it a big focal point of going out there and trying to acquire a big-name cornerback. Now, it might not be via for agency because they only have like two million dollars well near three million dollars in cap space so i mean they're gonna have to work some things around you know restructure some contracts and whatnot but they have to make it a focal point to improve the cornerback position on top of that um lakin tomlinson is a pending free agent he was the starting left guard for San Francisco this past season. Are they going to bring him back? You need to add some more depth on the interior of the defensive line. Then, okay, like, what about, you know, safety? Because Tart is currently a pending free agent. So you're going to have to address cornerback and you're going to have to address the secondary. But overall... You look at the current state that the 49ers are in as a organization. They're in a really good spot because, I mean, like, this team kind of, you know, like, I don't want they kind of shocked some people because, like, this was a team that wasn't really supposed to go no further than the divisional round and it made it to the conference championship game. And it's going to be really exciting to see, you know, like, as we progress throughout the offseason – If Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded, you know, like how this team and how this offense is going to be constructed around Trey Lance, because I don't know if a lot of you guys watch this podcast, but it's a podcast that Sean McVay does with one of the guys who works on NFL Network, um, Peter Schrager, I believe his name is. And it, I think it was called The Traveling Coach. And Sean McVay ended up having Kyle Shanahan on in one of these episodes. They basically were, you know, chatting it up, X's and O's, coach talk. But Kyle Shanahan explained the decision process that the 49ers had when they were deciding to draft Trey Lance. And basically... Kyle Shanahan was naming off traits that he looks for in a quarterback. You know, you got to be smart, got to have the arm strength and whatnot. But you look at 
Trey Lance, you know, like Trey Lance kind of fits the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes mode, you know, kind of raw coming out of college needs a lot of coaching, needs to be retooled and needs to improve his mechanics in certain aspects. But the physical traits are there. Like Trey Lance has all the physical tools to dominate at a very high level. However, can you teach him the X's and O's? Can you improve his football IQ? Because Kyle Shanahan said that having a great quarterback kind of relieves some of the stress off the head coach because now you have a great quarterback that can make up for some of the mistakes that, you know, the guy calling the plays may make or, you know, turning a bad play into a good play and a good play into a great play. So when you have a great quarterback, it takes a little bit of pressure off the head coach because now you can rely on your quarterback in certain instances to go ahead and win the game for you versus having to make everything, you know, so analytical and having to overly rely on the run game like you have had to do in the past with Jimmy Garoppolo being the starting quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo is not bad he definitely has his moments it's just that he's inconsistent and you don't really know if he's going to be available to help you win because he also has a history with injuries so stay the franchise for the 49ers very great spot that San Francisco is in. As a matter of fact, they are in the prime spot right now to make it to the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, next season or the next two, three years may be the best opportunities that the 49ers may have at winning a championship because the NFC is way different from the AFC. Like the AFC is stacked with so many great quarterbacks, so many great young teams. And the NFC is completely different. You know, you got a lot of teams who have quarterbacks who are either up there in age or they're retiring. So you don't really know what those teams are going to do at the quarterback position. Like, what's going to happen with the Tempe Buccaneers? Are they going to get Deshaun Watson? What are they going to do? Are they going to roll with Kyle Trask? What's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Like, is he going to demand a trade? Is he going to retire? You don't really know. So there definitely is a prime opportunity for the 49ers to be in that Super Bowl conversation next season and to actually have a legit shot of winning a championship it just really all depends on you know like if Trey Lance is what 49ers fans and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are hoping that he is this transcendent quarterback that has all the physical tools to be great however will he be able to pick up enough of the game to be successful so Stay the franchise for the 49ers. You guys let me know what you guys think about the 49ers moving forward as we progress throughout the NFL offseason.